Brilliant. We are looking at Hebrews um, chapter 11 today, starting from verse 23. And uh, Phil will have the passage for first. So Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the, fu- quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Great. Thanks so much for that, Phil. Um, my name's Ryan, if I haven't met you before. And like Joel said, I've been doing a bit of training at a church nearby. And in a former life, I was a physio. Um, but now I'm here in London enjoying uh, the weather, especially today. <laughs> Joy to be here. Um, the Christian life, it's a long-distance race. And the question is, how will we make it to the end? One of the highlights of being in London uh, this last year has been watching the London Marathon. You see lots of weird costumes, uh, wacky supporters, and then you see the elite runners uh, streaming down uh, the road. But when you watch a marathon, you you see two different types of runners. You see the runners who are struggling, uh, who've got pain on their face, they're about to crack, they're about to abandon the race, about to throw in the towel. Uh, And then the second type of runners, uh, they're on pace, It's hard, but they've trained for this. Uh, They're prepared for the pain. 
They've got strategies for the suffering. And you just know when you look at them that they're going to make it to the end. And as we think about the Christian life, well, we know it's a, a long, hard race. And the pastor to the Hebrews, he's trying to take them and us too uh, from being like the first group of runners right on the edge of giving up and make us like the second group uh, on pace, on track to finish. And for those of us here who are like the first group, uh, struggling, lying on our beds at night, uh, wondering if it's worth it, uh, on the train in the morning, uh, wondering why we bother. Well, for us, there is great help in this passage. We're going to be given fuel to keep running. And for those of us who are on pace, who are going well, well, let's, let's still listen into this passage because the Bible does tell us that there's, there's hurdles ahead. Times will get tough. The race will be hard. So let's take this passage as preventative medicine, as a prophylaxis. So how do we make it to the end? How do we have endurance in the race? And well, so far in Hebrews 11, the answer has been faith. How do we have endurance? How do we keep going to the end? Faith. And the pastor of Hebrews has given us the definition of faith. Uh, that was Joel's talk two weeks ago. But the question then is, uh, what does faith look like, like practically? And I want us to see together that the pastor is saying, well, faith played out practically. Faith, it looks like living forwards by looking forward. Like getting to the end means living forwards by looking forward. And so firstly, living forwards. Well, living forwards, it looks like three things. And, and the first of those three things is saying no to the world. We're in verses 23 uh, to 28 of chapter 11. So the pastor, he moves from the examples that he's had uh, in, up in the, the passage before, and he's moving to Moses. He's showing how Moses said no to the world and yes to suffering. Uh, looking at verse 23, Moses' parents, they say no to Pharaoh and yes to the risk of hiding their son. Uh, verse 24, Moses himself, when he's grown up, he says no to uh, the special treatment of being Pharaoh's grandson and no to the fleeting pleasures of sin, to all the treasures of Egypt, and yes, to suffering with his fellow Israelites, with God's people, with Christ. And he says no to Pharaoh himself in verse 27, no to the comfort of familiar Egypt, yes to the unfamiliarity of a foreign land, no to the command of Pharaoh when he keeps the Passover and sprinkled the blood. See, faith, it means saying no to the world's pleasures and treasures and yes to suffering with God's people. It might mean <clears throat> saying no to being well-liked and well-respected at our firm all the time uh, and yes to maybe being called a religious radical, a weirdo or a bigot. It might also look like maybe saying no to big bonuses or fast track to partner or promotion to team leader uh, and maybe saying yes to being known as the person who refuses to do shady deals, uh, to work on a Sunday or to stay late at the office on Bible study night. But why? I guess like why would anyone want to live this way? Why, why would anyone want to say no to comfort and yes to suffering? 
Well, for Moses, it was because he was trusting in the promise of God. Verse 26, he was looking to the reward. Verse 27, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And verse 28, he did this so that the destroyer of the firstborn uh, might not touch them. See, Moses, Moses was living forward. He believed what God had promised him was so much better uh, than the here and now, that God's future reward was better than anything the world can offer now. Uh, What is it that the world can give us? Uh, What can it offer us that could ever satisfy us as Jesus does? Uh, Can the world deliver on its promises uh, with the certainty that only God guarantees? But faith also looks like being fools in the eyes of the world. Faith is being fools to the world. Uh, Think about how silly, uh, how foolish the Israelites looked in verse 29 as they trapped themselves at the edge of the Red Sea. Uh, Think about how silly they looked in verse 30 when they marched around the uh, impenetrable fortress Jericho, uh, blowing some horns and shouting for seven days. And think about how silly Rahab would have looked in verse 31. Uh, welcoming spies so stupid and sinful that they get caught immediately in a brothel. And I wonder if, uh, if you've ever felt like uh, being a fool uh, for being a Christian at work. I know I have. Um, here's a sample of some things that I've heard. Uh, surely you don't think marriage is just between one man and one woman. I mean, love is love. Like, come on. Isn't that obvious? Uh, another... I heard Christians believe in hell. I mean, surely you don't believe that uh, too. That's just, it's just so old-fashioned. It's just at a scare. It's just superstitious. Um, and I'm sure you've heard much worse. And uh, with every moment, we feel like fools for being Christians. Uh, our desire to keep going, to keep publicly standing, it shrinks. So why? I mean, why keep living as fools? To the world. Well, because we're living forwards. We're living for God's rescue. The Israelites, they traveled to the edge of the Red Sea and were rescued by God as he parted it. They marched around Jericho and were rescued from their enemies. Rahab welcomed the stupid spies and she was rescued from the destruction of her city. They lived as fools publicly standing with God's people because they believed, they were convinced that God's promised rescue was better. And see, when Jesus returns, that will be the day when our public stands for Jesus. They won't be mocked, but praised. They won't be ridiculed, but applauded. It is worth taking a stand for Jesus to keep living for that day. Uh, And in verse 32, we're in verse 32 now, uh, the author changes it up a bit. He's got a bit of a gear change. And it kind of, it sort of looks like any good preacher. uh, The pastor of Hebrews has, he's gotten so excited about his material that he's run out of time to deliver the rest of it. He mustn't have had Joel as his boss or checking his talks. Um, But what he's actually uh, doing is he's showing us what faith can achieve. He's showing us what can be achieved through faith. 
great deeds and great deaths. Great deeds and great deaths. Um, we see great deeds. Starting at verse 33, we see that through faith, uh, they conquered kingdoms and forced justice to obtain promises, stopped lions' mouths. The list goes on. Because, see, through faith, God strengthened them to do mighty deeds. Uh, but also through faith, God enabled them to endure extreme suffering, a terrible persecution to die great deaths. In verse 36, through faith, God strengthened them to suffer mocking, flogging, chains, imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two, killed with the sword. They wore sheep and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Their homes were deserts, mountains, caves, dens. Uh, through faith, God strengthened them to do incredible things and suffer terrible things. Great deeds and great deaths. But saying no to the world, uh, looking like fools in the eyes of the world, it might seem impossible. But through faith, uh, God will strengthen us for great deeds and, and even great deaths. And now for us in the West, this sort of suffering uh, might seem a bit distant, but it really wasn't distant for the original audience of Hebrews. And it really isn't for many of our brothers and sisters down through the ages and just a few hours flight from us less than two weeks ago 50 nigerian christians mowed down in church with a machine gun in an unprovoked attack i mean how do you how do you keep going after that how do you keep running let me read verse 35 uh, women received back their dead by resurrection some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. A living forwards, a living for the future resurrection, the bigger and better life, that is what got them through it. That is what kept them going. That is what enabled them to endure. the future resurrection, the new and better life. Well, faith, it's living forwards. And now as great as these uh, examples of faith were, these kind of examples of extraordinary endurance and suffering, as great as they were, the, uh, the pastor, he says something quite shocking in verses 39 to 40. He says, all these... Though commended through their faith, they didn't receive what was promised. Uh, that is, they, they ran well, but they didn't get the ultimate reward, uh, life in the land. In fact, apart from us, they're not perfect. They're not complete. That is, they're waiting for us to finish uh, so that God would give us all the full and final reward, what he promised eternal life in the new creation. But not only is he saying that, he's saying these heroes of old, the, the figures of faith, they basically ran without shoes. They ran the race all without something that would have really helped them. They were running without shoes because they ran without the help of Jesus. 
And the pastor's been explaining all throughout Hebrews that we have Jesus, our great high priest, our brother who helps us. And that means that as Christians, we've got the Nike shoes that are so good, they're not even race legal. Uh, the people of old, they ran without shoes and they made it to the finish line. They managed to make it to the end. And how much more can we endure to the finish line with the help of Jesus? We're on point number two now, which is the final point. As the pastor of Hebrews closes this section, he gives one final push to help us be less like the first group, exhausted, ready to give up, of marathon runners and more like the second group of marathon runners on pace, on track to finish. He gets us to picture a great crowd, a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, look over there's uh, Abel, uh, Noah, Abraham, and over here is Sarah, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph. The great cloud of witnesses, uh, they're at the finish line. They're cheering us on. And we can hear them saying almost like, we finished without Jesus, but you've got Jesus. He's the one we longed for, but we never saw him. Of course you can finish. You've got Jesus. And so because of this, the pastor tells us to do a mid-race check, uh, to check if we've got weights on our back uh, and ropes around our legs. And if so, to cast them off, to lay them aside, as we run, we're to cast off love for things that keep us living for this world, whether homes or holidays or cars or awards or accolades or promotions, things that keep us living for the here and now. What is weighing us down? What weights need to go? And as we run, we're to cut off those sins that entangle our running legs, those sins that habitually keep us from going, our internet habits, our habits of pride and selfishness. What sins are tripping us up? Um, what do we need to cut off? And uh, we're in verse 2 now. As we look around the great crowd of witnesses, the great cloud, in the faces of those who've run before us, and we look up and we see one face, the one face in the crowd that really matters, that makes all the difference in the world. In chapter 12, verse 2, we see Jesus, our brother who helps us, who's given us definitive forgiveness, a new heart, a cleansed conscience, access to God, our brother who helps us, who's finished the race, who's received his reward. He is cheering us on. Jesus, the pioneer of our faith, uh, he's run ahead of us. He's trailblazed the path for us. He's taking us by the hand and leading us on. He's the perfecter of our faith. He didn't just begin our race. He'll make sure that we make it. He'll get us to the end. Um, as Jesus said no to the pleasures and treasures of the world and yes to the whips and the nails, as he was mocked and scorned, as he suffered torture, uh, refusing to accept release, as he endured the cross, Jesus despised its shame. He regarded it as nothing 
He couldn't care less. Why? And well, because he was living forwards. He was living for the joy set before him, uh, the joy of God's promise to him to be seated at God's right hand. He was living for the joy set before him, uh, the joy of bringing his brothers and sisters home to be with him forever. Jesus, he was living forwards for us. And so, brothers and sisters, uh, since we have Jesus, let's keep running. Amen.